This is a Pivotal Conversations podcast. You really got to work out what you want to do. So, do you want to do you want to buy and post on the gram? Are you buying to to make money? Are you buying as a home because you want to live in it? And we're live, Mr. Trainer. <laughs> Welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having me. <laughs> um, so, for those of you who uh, tuning in this week. Where I'm sitting here with my now brother-in-law. Yes. Uh, who um, last week was it? Last week, lockdowns. How? Yeah, it was. I think. You know, two weeks ago. Pop the question. So we're officially brother-in-laws. That's it. Um, which is exciting. Uh, but the reason that we have uh, PJ Paul here today um, is that he is a property expert. You know, he's worked in property for over 10 years now. Um, and with where we're trying to take this podcast is providing life, potentially life-changing conversations and making it accessible to absolutely anyone. Uh, a big part of that is is purchasing your own home. Um, before we dive into that, though, I'll let you start, give yourself an intro, introduction and, and tell everyone a little bit about who you are and, and what you do. Definitely. Well, Kyle, firstly, thanks for having us on the uh, the program. I'm a long-time listener, <laughs> first-time uh, caller. Um, I, I started, I've been in real estate for over 10 years. My father was in real estate, my grandfather was in real estate. I, uh, oh, he's, my grandfather's father was in real estate. I, I got into it being in sales and then, you know, moving into uh, selling real estate, I guess it was probably in the blood. Um, initially selling residential properties um, in metropolitan Melbourne, moving into industrial and now selling hotels, office buildings, industrial property, you know, retail, petrol stations, childcare centres, um, advising clients on all acquisitions and disposals and, and we also manage property as well. So that's a little bit about me. So you, you've actually... I think like a, a big part of what we talk about on the podcast is business as well and you recently... Well, not recently, but what, two years now? Yeah, Jones Real Estate started in early 2019 or mid-2019. Before that, I had a a business with a a partner and... um but uh, for a few years, but then started Jones Real Estate 2019. And yeah, time flies, two and a half years and... and, uh, get to sit here next to you that would that would have been a big move though right like you know in terms of um you'd obviously worked your way up the ranks in you know working for other people and then you went into a partnership and then to to actually go out on your own it's it's quite a big move i appreciate your comments um in any job, you got to do your you got to do your time. You got to do the hard work. You got to do your apprenticeship, whether it's in a trade, whether it's in sales, whether it's in professional services or whatnot. You, you need to learn and and uh, and spend the time doing the uh, you know the basic jobs and getting an understanding. I thought at the time I was I'm 30 now, as of a couple of weeks ago. I was 27, 28 um, when I started the business and, and thought, well, from a capacity perspective, I don't have children. I've, I have a uh, you know a partner, long-term partner, but you know it was it was either take the opportunity then, or uh, or continue working for somebody else. And I thought you know I, there's there's more risk in in not uh, having a crack myself than um, having a crack and failing. So yeah. so yeah, it's funny. So we have been we've engaged an artist to do this mural up there, and it's it's your man. He's going up there, Harvey. Ah, yes. But he has a quote um, and he goes, that's the difference between me and you. You play to lose small, I play to win big. 
And I think that, and there's a reason I, I kind of talked about that and, and wanted to bring that up because we're obviously going to talk about first homeowners and these kind of things. But I think um, the reason that you're in a position to have this conversation, one, because you're experienced, but you also have assumed a risk um, and, and got skin in the game as a business owner as well, which I think goes a long way. Um, and although you'll play it down, um, I think starting your own business and going out on your own is, is such a big move for anybody, no matter what business you're in, because you do assume so much more risk. But it's interesting about the risk profile, right? Like the age comes into it, the, the situation and so on. Yeah, well, the uh, risk, um, risk first reward, we'll probably touch on it later in the conversation with buying and selling and, and, um, and investing. As you know, you know, the, the bigger the risk, the, uh, sometimes the bigger the reward. And I, I weighed up the opportunities and, and thought, you know, this is something that I want to do and I want to go out and have a crack. And, you know, failure is not an option, but, um, you know, you yourself, you've also taken the risk as a young guy and, and uh, hats off to you as well. Yeah, I think, but that's, I mean, that's the mindset, right? Like, you know, um, for me, it's it's the same thing. It's like, I, I don't have kids, I'm young. I've got an opportunity to, to go out there and it's one of those things that for me, I don't want to look, I don't want to look back and say that I didn't, like I'd rather go there and have a crack rather than, than kind of go through life or at least get to the end of my life and say, oh, I regret not actually going for it or having a crack at it. And I think that's important for people to hear. Most yeah. importantly, and, is and I ask you, that's more of a risk going through your life and not having a crack mm. and not being happy and being a 90 year old man one day and just sitting there saying, I should have done it. So that weighed up on me personally when I, when I was thinking about it and, and you know, as we said now a couple of times, the risk, you know, it was more of a risk not doing it. Mm. So it's a, it's good insight into a mind into the into the mindset. I think a lot of people struggle to to pay, maybe take that step at some at you know some point. Um, and obviously, it, it it's different depending on where you're at in your life as well. Um, but yeah, I just thought I'd bring that up because I thought I think it's. Uh, you don't give yourself enough credit um, for those kind of things, but I think it's there's a lot of insight that can come from something like that. You know, if you're younger, who most of the people listening to are younger, they're either thinking about getting into business or, you know, they've got their future aspiration to or they're already in business. Uh, and they're also looking to invest their money, which is kind of leads us to where we're at now. Yeah. Buying your first home. Um, we... It's funny because we talk a little bit about investing on this um, podcast. We don't talk about property investing, but um, someone hit me up on Instagram and asked me a question and say, hey, you know, what do you think about the property market and so on? And I go, it's not my wheelhouse. I got, I, I, I can't give you any advice there because it's not something um, that I'm an expert in or, or have experience in. Um but then I, was, I put up a, a poll and said, is this something that you all want to hear? And we got quite a few. So then I, I called in you, the big fella, brought him in. And uh, I think a good place to start is what is the process of uh, purchasing your own home? Yes, good question, obviously. Um, and I guess before I answer that in isolation, I think, and you mentioned young people are the main listenings, listeners of the program. Um, a life, and I sort of, we touched on this a while ago. As you know, Danny is pregnant, my partner, who's mm-hmm. my fiance now, as of a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. She, um, you know, she's about 28, 29 weeks. 
Um, and you know, we you get to twelve weeks. That's when you can announce it um, into the public, according to the professionals. Some people go beforehand, some people go afterwards. But at twelve weeks, you're pretty safe to uh, to announce it to the people. Um, and often, you see on Instagram people doing a you know a photo and uh, you're with X-ray and, and getting excited, which I think is awesome, by the way. But we elected not to do that, and. I did tell a selection of my friends this in a text message, etc. But um, I'm a relatively private person in that regard, and uh, uh, it wasn't until about 20 weeks when I had a call from a really good mate, and he sort of said, "Well, Paul, um, are you going to announce that you that Danny's pregnant and you're expecting a child?" And I was like, "Oh no, you know, I wasn't really planning on it. Um, you know, we're really, really pumped up and excited, but I don't really feel the need to to do the post." Uh, and he sort of said, oh, yeah, I understand, but, but people obviously don't know about it or sort of know about it or hear about it from whispers and um, people are starting to think that could there be something wrong or, you know, maybe you don't want to talk about it as such. And then it just sort of hit me and, and um, relaying this back onto the property, um, buying property, um, you know, I, we, didn't, we chose not to post it on Instagram um, we, we, when people do, that's awesome and, and oh, I think it's a really good thing to do but we elected not to and people were sort of judging because we didn't do it which made me think um, young people buying their first home, a lot of the mentality in buying a first home and that's the crucial part to it is they want to put it on the gram and say how good am I, 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 I bought a property which is an awesome achievement, don't get me wrong but the mentality for buying um, I think um, you know, uh, you really got to work out what you want to do. So, do you want to do you want to buy and post on the gram? Are you buying to, to make money? Are you buying as a home because you want to live in it? Um, and the three or four or a number of different factors ultimately weigh up to what you what you're wanting to to get out of the outcome. It's it's so interesting. Um, you see the same thing on the other side of investing as well with stocks and so on. Like people, it, it, there's actually a there's this guy, right, and he lives in Singapore. I don't know who he is, but basically what it is is it's a crypto group, right? So it's a crypto group. Um, everybody's in it, and he kind of gives you these tips, right? So, you know, I, I actually think this could be fucking illegal, right? But but what he does is it, it's like he, he, it's actually leverage trading. So I don't know if you know what that is, but it's like so I could, I could put a trade in that Tesla will go up, right? Now, if I've leveraged that, it means that let's say it goes up 5% and it's leveraged 5x, you'll get a 25% return. But it also will be a 20, you could go 25% negative, right? Mm. So if I put $1,000 in, I could go up 250 from that 5% increase or it could go down 250, Yeah, right? Um, but what he does is is like he gets all of his, his kind of crew or whatever they are to post on Instagram. To like, and it'll be like a 252% return, hmm. right? Because they're leveraged like 20x, right? So, and then it's tag him and it's and it's all these kind of things. And then, you know, it, I've seen quite a few people pop up now and they're like tagging and it's like this 250% return, right? And it's, it's, there's two sides to that. It's one, it's an ego play. It's like, you know, I want people to see that I made 252% you've probably got 50 bucks on the line, right? Mm. You know, you might've put it, you might've put $500. You might've put it, you know, whatever, right? But it, that, that's the first side. So it's the ego of doing it. But then it's also the, you know, if you're, say, let someone who is not invested in stocks, 
you're not invested in property, you're not really invested at all, and you see a 252% return, what are you going to do? You're going to say, I want some of that 252% return. Definitely. Right? So I think it's a similar kind of situation, yeah. right? Where it's like someone's either posting it for the wrong reason, they're trying, they're like wanting to, to, to post a photo of buying a home um, instead of um, either enjoying the home for what you bought it for or looking to obviously make you know um, a return or make some money. Yeah, so 100%. And I think if you're going to buy a home, you need to work out what your reasons are behind it. And I think um, the best people who, who I've seen make the most money or the, the most satisfied with their purchase, they leave their ego at home. So um, I, I, when people ask me about, oh, look, I'm looking to buy my first time, I'm looking to do this, I generally ask them two questions to understand what they want. Why are you buying? Is it for a property to live in mm. or is it for a purely investment on, on a, uh, ex- a secondary way in order to make money? And I generally give advice accordingly. Now, the answer is generally both, but after further conversations with each person, you know, we generally narrow down to what they want to do and ultimately their sacrifices need to be made, i.e., I want to live in inner city Melbourne and I want to buy a house and I only want to pay $600,000. I go, that's great. Well, the reality is, is that you're not going to be able to do that. Yeah. Um, and they also want to see 10% growth every year for three or four years or five years and then, and then do whatever they want to do. So, um, you know, you're buying for lifestyle to, to live in this property for, for a home and live there and, and um, sacrifice potentially some capital growth in some, in some areas or are you prepared to um, sacrifice your lifestyle by adding in uh, maybe a growth area or an undervalued um, location and, uh, and use the property as a stepping stone to, to build some equity, sell the property or use it as, you know, down the track and, and then use that as a leapfrog to be able to buy the property that you want in the area that you want to move into and live, you know, in, in you know, the medium term. Let's explore, explore the second option for a second just so that people can understand of how do you actually make money in property? Like, you know, if, if somebody's looking to build personal wealth, what's, how do they actually do that? We say you buy a property for a million dollars for our number's sake and uh, it goes up at 5% a year, you know, there's 50 grand a year in, in capital gain that you get. If you're living there as your principal place of residence, you're making that 50 grand or that 5% tax-free, um, assuming that you, you, you live in it for the entirety of the, and as your PPR, principal place of residence for the entirety of your ownership. So over five years, if you're making 50 grand a year, that's $250,000 gain, tax-free. Um, at the end, if you sell it for uh, $1.25 million. You know, you'll, or you have to factor in some, some you know, land tax. You wouldn't be because it's your principal place of residence, but council rates, agents' fees, selling and, and legals, et cetera, which would come out of the game. But ultimately, you know, on, on the basis of pure purchase price, million to 1.25, 5% a year, there's a bit of a gain. Uh, whilst you're also paying off a loan, if, you, if you've got a loan repayment at the moment of, you know, 2%, some of the, the big banks are offering, people are doing sharper, you know, you, you'll, um, you'll also be paying down that loan over a period of time as well. And so it's almost like you, you're making money two ways, right? So you're making money in obviously the capital growth and also the um, it's almost like savings in a sense, right? Yeah. So instead of paying rent, you're paying down a, um, a loan, which, you know, once you sell, it will um, equate to an amount of profit. Correct. Yeah, you do pay, you do pay a bit of interest at the moment. Interest is marginal. Um, if you look at inflation, inflation's higher than some of the interest people are getting. Um, you know, what's inflation at the moment? Well, there's two metrics. <laughs> so there's 
there's the CPI. Yep. Uh, but then there's also the rate of um, money that's being printed. So mm. don't ask me because yeah, I've seen this I've seen a rabbit hole. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you're pretty vocal on the topic. Yeah. Um, but yeah, okay. So you know um, the interest you're paying at the moment, it, it's marginal in comparison to, to inflation. So you know you're sort of borrowing. Um, in some people, you're borrowing. Say you're borrowing money for free. But um, but that's one one area. Another could be an area where you invest. You buy a, an apartment. Um, you pay a million dollars for the apartment. Be a pretty good one. Um, and you lease the property out to tenants. And the tenants pay you an income if they're paying you you know um, fifty grand a year. You're getting a five percent yield um, on. Uh, on the return so you'd be paying down your loan you could be covering the two percent interest you could be getting a bit of surplus you'll need to factor in land tax because it's not your principal place of residence you need to factor in if it's a, if it's a department building you'll have owners corporation fees um, council rates um, you know statutory outgoings etc um, that come off the rental income but you know you, you could be getting a cash flow um, surplus there um, depending on, on what your loan is and then after a period of time, if you were to look to sell that, if you made a gain, you've got your gain from your rental income and you've got your gain for, uh, you know, the capital growth appreciation over a period of time as well. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then the, the final option is obviously just a home that becomes your family home. Yeah. So, that's like the first scenario. You could buy a property. Um, you could, you know, as a lifestyle, you want to build a family there. You want to live there for the medium term. Um, you, you, it's in an area that you want to live in um, and, uh, you know, you, you, you own or occupied and it might go up if you've bought it in a, in a, at a good price or in a location which has got growth. It might not, but you're not worried about that because you, you're looking at it as, as purely as a home and, and, uh, and not a money-making exercise. Mm. So that's down to the lifestyle. Yeah. So, so then we look at like, what are some of the common mistakes? I mean, obviously there's the mistake of not knowing why you're buying, but I guess furthermore, what are some of the most common mistakes that you see first home owners making? I have, obviously ego plays a really big role. Um, People buying for um, Instagram and to promote that they've they've bought a property, um, you know the the Australian dream is you go out and buy buy real estate and you become an owner and you know it's it's a bit more glorified than than what it actually is mm. in my opinion, but it's still a very good achievement. Um, but uh, a lot of people and you know uh, aren't prepared to spend the time, you know, researching, mm-hmm. um, working out what they want. They just want to seek the reward and, and want to you know miss all the steps and, and just rush in and buy straight away you know they want more than they're prepared to to wait and, and spend the time accordingly probably you'll see it in investing right you know tesla's all this hype or bitcoin or, or whatnot um and they just want to get in say they've got in so they're not they're not prepared to do the the due diligence and research which can ultimately um really come at a major cost yeah, I think it, it's definitely something you see in investing. Um, it, it's something you learn as well. Like you know, I, I'd be, I'd be, um, I'd be lying if I said I didn't make those mistakes in investing. I think the the difference is right is that um, when you're investing in a stock, one, it's liquid, you know, um, and you can you're not investing the substantial amount of money that you would be in property. Um, but it's interesting the fact that th- th- that. Um, mistake doesn't you know people aren't taking it more seriously um, and it's very easy to do you know like people are busy like like that's the reality um, yep. but I think even like myself and Liv obviously we're, we're looking to get in the market um, you know we, we because we're busy you know we were probably making those mistakes early on too we're like oh every you know Ascot Vale good good 
good uh, good area you know like it's it's a growth area but like do we actually know that it's a growth area have we actually looked at the numbers have we actually um you know or are we just going off what somebody has said you know um and and speculate well everyone's an expert everyone's an armchair expert i mean olympics on at the moment how many uh how many people are sitting back on the couch saying oh you should have done that i would have made that putt in golf i would have you know you should have you gone ran a little bit quicker and beat the guy on the line so everyone's an armchair expert and everyone's for a good reasons, likes to give their opinion. Mm. Um, if I'm getting advice on a matter, whether if it's stocks, I come to someone like you that I know that knows a lot more about it than I do. And um, if I'm getting advice on property, and, and by the way, when I'm looking at real estate, I'll go and speak to, to people to get their opinion and advice as well. So mm. people that I trust, um, you know, and uh, and and I'll take their their word, you know, and weigh it up with options. And, and uh, you know, you got to go to the right people, so to speak. In yeah, my, my got, opinion, at least. Yeah, you do. You, you have to have the circle around you, um, 110%. Like, it's interesting. Like, I've got people around me and, and you'll speak to them on a matter and it's like someone you might look up to, right? But, and they might be doing the same thing as you. So, the example is, is like there might be somebody that, you know, you look up to who's buying a property um, and that halo effect comes in, you know, like they're not a property expert, but they're buying a property and you look up to them um, and you can kind of get sucked into being like, okay, well, you know, that person's doing this, they're successful and I'll go and listen to them and and, and take advice from them on that. Um, and it's interesting because that happens to myself. Like there's, there's people out that I look up to from a business standpoint, but from an investing standpoint, I just, you know, there's a, there's that, uh, there's like a breakdown there. You know, I don't think that they're as skilled, but uh, and this is where like critical thinking comes in doing your own research the ability to even and, and i guess the comparison i make is if you're in a, a, a let, let's say it's a it's a um, group of friends right and you're sitting around a table and you know four of them say that ascot vale is a great place to buy but those four people don't necessarily have any experience none of them have bought properties before um they haven't done their research they haven't looked at the numbers they haven't looked at the you know um the uh you know the the analytics around it uh, and done their own research but because the majority is there or our friends say it or we hear it from a particular person maybe one of them's a great businessman you know and and has grown a really great business and they're now looking into property but i think it's it's you can fall into that mistake right in any type of investing and that's why i was saying before like skin in the game so important like um i learned that lesson my old housemate uh jordan he sent me a, a um a stock he goes it's a tip you know uh, a few of the boys um from the doggies have got on it and and you know like it's 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 a good thing and I've, hopefully not a sporting tip <laughs> no not a sporting tip it was a stock tip but we got into it um and i, I put money into it and you know it went down about 70 percent within two weeks um and i feel like that's like uh, that's kind of what i mean i think if you're going to buy your first home I'm lucky, you know, that was that was not much money, you know, um, and I only learned that lesson once I actually put the money in, whereas, you know, I feel like it's all going to be a lot more harsh um, if you're doing that in property, you know, because you're putting down, you know, 10% minimum, 12% of... Um, and guaranteeing the loan as well. I mean, yeah. property's up there with one of the people's, the, the most expensive purchase they'll make in their lifetime. Yeah. But going on the advice section... The, fortunately, I get to deal with some really, um, you know, uh, how, how do I say it? Successful is probably the, the right word. Business guys, property developers, property investors, and 
you know, I look at them in, in awe saying, this guy's, you know, I'd love to be like you one day. And um, they're not not talking to other people seeking advice. Mm. There's a guy that I, I'd previously worked with and for um, and who's, who's a, a very successful property developer and, and investor. Um, he would walk around the office and ask people their question questions about a property that you'd be looking to buy. Um, always asking people their, for their opinions. Mm-hmm. So you know you, you can never you can never not ask. Um, you know depending on what level you get to. So so that's that's one thing that I certainly learned. Never stop learning. Oh, 100%. Um, that's what I love about, I mean, that's why I'm so into stocks. Like, I, I mean, it one, teaches me a lot about business. Two, um, you, you, the research is the one thing I actually do love doing. You know, it's one thing I do every day. I sit down for an hour and I just read through articles and I look for, for potential um, opportunities and these kind of things. But I think you learn a lot from those um, and you know, it's, it didn't start the way it is now. Um, mm. that's for sure. Um, my first year in investing, I think I had, um, I think I had like more losers than I did winners. Um, but, but now, so, um, it's, 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 it's doing better. <laughs> no, that's good. That's good. Um, but in, in terms of property, you know, in researching, you know, realestate.com or the REA group, I personally think they're quite a good platform. They've got suburb profiles on, on different areas. So if I'm looking to invest in, in, a, in a suburb, um, I will jump on real, realestate.com. It gives you five-year averages, you know, capital growth um, for, for houses, for, for units, median house prices for the area to sort of give you an understanding of the underlying land value mm-hmm. um, and then, you know, how they've performed over a five-year um, annual basis. We'll, so. we'll come back to that because that's going to be one of the topics that I want to cover pretty comprehensively. Yeah. The next, I guess one of the things is the process, mm-hmm. right? So, so obviously, um, the, are you able to give people, I guess, a, a walk through the step-by-step process of buying your first home from, you know, the very beginning of starting and saving and, you know, you know, like if you're looking to spend X, you need to have this kind of money saved and then, you know, obviously going through the loan process and then looking for the property. Yeah, definitely. So initially, it's probably working out your budget on and your borrowing capacity and assessing that with your lifestyle, i.e. you might be able to afford X, but it would happen your lifestyle and put you under a, uh, you know, a significant amount of stress. You don't want to spend that much money or depending on the situation. So one, understanding your budget. Now, there's many tools online, um, whether you want to go on ANZ or CBA or uh, you know, Westpac, they've all got borrowing capacity, um, borrowing power calculators online um, that can give you a bit of an indication. I would suggest before you're going and looking and putting, a property, uh, putting an offer in on a, on, a, on a property to speak to a, a, a lender, whether it be a mortgage broker, um, whether it be the, the major banks themselves, if you've got some, some um, experience dealing with them. If you're a first time, I'd suggest mortgage broker generally add a significant amount of value. Um, I use mortgage brokers. I deal with some of the banks as well myself, but I find mortgage brokers generally get the best outcome for the client. Um, I'll uh, I'll drop Entourage Finance. There's a guy in there called Vincent Moore who's very good to deal with, so I'll shoot you his details. We've been using him. Yeah, he's very good. Well, we have used him, me and Danny, and Danny and I, so they're good. But um, so understanding your borrowing capacity, working out what you want to spend and then the implications that has on your, on your lifestyle and then going, okay, well, I've got a million bucks to spend, $500,000 to spend. Um, let's go out and start having a look at the market. So um, before you go out and start looking, you need to make the, the big decision. Am I buying 
as a property, as a lifestyle, as a home. Mm-hmm. I'm not really, I don't really care as much about the, the long-term growth. Yes, I do want to buy something that goes from value, but it's a lifestyle decision. Um, or are you looking at buying something where you want as a purely, purely as an investment, you might live in there to save on the principal place of residence gains, tax gains, etc., capital gains, um, or you might want to rent it out, and, but you're looking to buy something cheap, undervalued that you think will grow. Um, in my opinion, if you're a young investor and, and you're looking to, to um, you know, exit in the medium term, you know, less than 10 years or less than seven years, um, my suggestion is capital growth is very useful as a, as a young investor because you've got a good working life ahead of you uh, where you can pay down um, debt. So, um, you know, you need to work out which one you want to do. Mm-hmm. Um, you go out and speak to real estate agents, speak to a property consultant. If you want to come and speak to me, I'm happy to give advice. I always give advice um, and, uh, you know, sort of understand what you're wanting to do. And then, you know, you go out, spend time looking at open for inspections, cross-checking statistics, speaking to someone who's acting on your behalf. Um, speaking to buyers advocates it is often a good idea um, who act for the buyer mm-hmm. uh, where you've got real estate agents whose job is to act for the seller unless you've got someone who is acting with your interests at heart which often real estate agents do we do it all the time um, and uh, and then you know exploring the, the market and the opportunities so understanding your, your, your capacity um, putting that against your your current um, Working and, and household uh, live lifestyle, and then assessing what what sort of property you want to go after. What are, I guess so? What are some of those working and lifestyle considerations, right? So because that you know, for somebody who doesn't know any different, you know, like they, they've lived their life, their, their you know, their entirety of their life, well, you'd yeah. hope so. But you know, um, it, it's kind of like what are some of those considerations, right? Because you you know, I, I would assume that you don't want to go, you don't want to. Uh, you know, spend too much that you kind of hamper yourself, especially if you know you've got a fixed income and it's and and, and so on. So, w- what are some of those considerations? Well, I, from a lifestyle perspective, I mean, you buy a property, you you know, that's you're going to have to be paying a, a monthly mortgage repayment. You're going to have to consider um, statutory outgoings, council rates, water rates, etc. Owners corporations, if you're in a multi-tenant, multi-strata um, title uh, building, um, and then you've got your other outside factors. You know, your young person that wants to go out to the nightclubs on the weekend you know create an allowance create a savings and a savings allowance on top of that you, you might want to go on holidays throughout the year um, the best thing that I ever did and I did it too late is I put together a cash flow from the 1st of January to the 31st of December and put all my expenses there and just thought which ones at, come out every single month put different rows and columns and just sort of wrote okay well I've got X amount of money that's coming in um, these are my uh, overheads, which I need to will need to uh, attribute to, and then okay, well I, I, I can't not save, so put it in a portion of savings. I want to have spend money on clothes. Um, I personally don't spend too much money on clothes, as you can probably see. <laughs> don't worry, uh, mate. I'm the same. But um, or you know, an allowance for holidays, um, Christmas presents, birthdays, you know, friends, occasions. You know, just plug them all in there, and then you can work out. Okay, for this month, this is the budget that I've got to be able to spend. Um, this is the lifestyle that I want to lead. Uh, that enables me to attribute X amount towards a home loan um, and without heavily impacting my lifestyle. Some people might go, all right, I'm going to give up on the smash Davo on the weekend, uh, all the coffees every day, um, but you know, I, I need my gym membership, but I, I won't go on holiday for the next two years and they work it out, whatever suits themselves. So, Yeah, 100%. So ca- mean- cash flow is very important to understand and I don't think enough people do it. 
we we had the, so we had a conversation the other week and kind of picked apart. Um, we had these cash flow. They, they've got a company called the Cash Flow Dojo, and basically what they do is they they help people learn about cash flow. Um, but it's interesting. We kind of had the conversation about um, the Barefoot Investor, um, and kind of looked at and and you know just had a, a, a discussion about it. Um, but I think it does bring up a good point: is that our biggest thing was like people don't understand it, and they look to the Barefoot Investor as their, their kind of gospel around it, um, which I think comes from the, I guess, a lack of education. Like, I, I don't know, like, did you learn this stuff at school? Is this something that they focus no, on? No, I, I didn't. I, you know, my parents used to tell me about saving, etc. But when I first got in the workforce, I was getting, you know, X amount per, per week. And that's how my, I'm like, okay, well, that's how much money I've got to spend this week. <laughs> yeah. You know, you get to the end of the week and you've got nothing. And I did that all the way through, um, you know, up until I was probably in my middle, um, my middle 20s, even, even pushing into it. So that's something you don't learn. But I think the people that are listening to this program, they're obviously interested in investing and I love going to my cash flow and working out how I could do a bit of saving here, what, what I could do. It's, it's a really enjoyable exercise. It's a relationship thing though, right? Yeah. So, so it's enjoyable because you've kind of gotten over that hurdle. I mean, yeah. like, you know, I'm the same. I, I reckon maybe until I was 25 or 24 mm. did I yeah probably 24 I reckon just turned or 23 did I actually really start to sit down with my cash flow every week and go you know like this is and start putting money away for certain things start investing money start looking at how much I can invest and and kind of do, uh, uh, putting money in different places but to do that that's the hardest thing to take that first step where you sit down with your cash flow every week because a lot of people it's it's a lot easier and I know this is what I did it's like same thing I've got this much to spend but it's almost like because I didn't have to you know I didn't have to deal with it then you know what I mean and for me it's like you know oh man my mum never taught me about cash flow like never and my dad definitely didn't either early on um, you know so for me it was like I'm, I read a book called Profit First when I was 21 22 um, and that made it a little bit simpler and that was like a, fo- a foot in the door. Um, but if I had never have read that book, I probably would, you know, uh, maybe something would have come along uh, the way, but uh, I would never have learned about cash flow and I would have still been in the same kind of, you know, circumstance that where I just had, had money coming in and money going out. Have you read The Richest Man in Babylon? No, I haven't, but apparently it's amazing. Yeah, it's good. It, 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 the long and short initially is you get paid you pay yourself first and then you know you pay your bills afterwards but um, that's something that I read after you know researching or whatnot and and um, it's a tough book to read I mean the the you know the old school English language and uh, is a little bit difficult but um, there's some pretty good principles in there which I learn a lot from also dating um, you know our partners <laughs> as, uh, as sisters um, they're quite good savers so you know I have to give a lot of credit to Paul um, you know, Danny's father just on that. And, and Annie as well <laughs> was there periods of time when you would have conversations about how much money they had saved and you just go Mm. <laughs> Beautiful. Yeah, 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 they'd say, oh, I'm broke, I'm broke. I'm like, you've got, you look at your savings account. It's more than mine. What yeah. do you mean you're broke? Yeah. That's the whole notion of putting all the money away mm. and leave, and then being broke. Which yeah, definitely. I was definitely the opposite for, for, for my, my younger years. Oh, well, you learnt now, so that's nah, good. Um, all right, so let's talk about growth now. So um, we've gone into a little bit about the process. Um and 
you know, you got to save your money. You got to make sure you've got the money there. Then you go and look at your borrowing capacity, and then you're ready to buy. What are some of the, con- I guess, the considerations or um, the things that somebody should look for if they're looking for that capital growth, if they're looking to make some money out of out of property? So I guess in terms of work out what your budget is, and then plug in that amount. And if you use realestate.com.au, you type in Victoria and then you can sort of assess what you can afford to pay in certain areas. You might click apartments, you might click, uh, click townhouses, houses, etc. cetera. Um, and then you look at different suburbs that you like. Um, personally, um, I looked at um, different areas when I was, when, you know, when I've bought properties in the past and, and you know, I'll go, th- the, the fundamentals of, of real estate are, are very important. Location, location, location. You hear it all the time. Um, proximity to, to public transport, mm-hmm. retail, strips, um, shopping, you know, essential services, Woolworths, Coles, Aldi, supermarkets, etc. You got to, yeah, I spent half, half my life in, in these things getting getting stuff all the time. You know, markets, um, sporting fields, park parkland, uh, and then public transport and, and, you know, freeway logistics. So, you know, are all, are all important, um, you know, assets to make a, a good location, in my opinion, primary schools and schooling education, etc. So, um, I would look at areas that I think that had the, the fundamentals from a location perspective and then compared them um, on, on, you know, selling prices of properties. So, you know, you might look at, um, you know, suburb A and suburb B, you might prefer suburb A, um, but suburb B still has the fundamentals and then go, okay, well, the median price or for the money that I want to spend in suburb A, um, I can get 30% cheaper in suburb B, but I only think it's a 10% better suburb and my opinion, it just needs a couple more trendy cafes or shops and whatnot and then it's, it's sort of getting better logistically. It's probably closer into my lifestyle or areas of employment and, mm. um, and other factors. I think that, that, you know, I might prefer to live in um, this suburb but, you know, suburb B, in my opinion, is significantly cheaper um, and... I, for that reason, think it's undervalued. So that's what I'd personally do. So we, look at, we went out and, and looked at and, and real estate and we sort of said, these are the sort of suburbs for the price that I want to spend uh, and we rated them all. Um, I checked REA group for the median house prices, got an understanding of the land value, compared them all in terms of their retail strips, proximity to everything else as I've just touched on and, and made a call. So um, um, that's a, a good way to spot um, value in, in certain areas, etc. So, you know, that's if you're looking for capital gain, you know, you could go, okay, in five years' time, a bit of infrastructure, um, a bit of appreciation in, in values. Um, you know, I think there's probably more potential in this suburb to increase, whereas suburb A is a little bit nicer now, but the improvement probably isn't there to make it better other than just demand. So, you know, that's when you can, you can do really well out of capital growth. Mm. It's interesting. So, so. And and when you're comparing suburbs, because obviously there's there's like I, I would I'm, I'm, maybe I'm wrong, but there's like internal to a suburb, right? So there's like like you said, there's like park location, essential services, you know, and, and so on, and all these kind of factors that you factor into the um, the suburb itself. Because I mean, I may be making an assumption, but I would assume that all suburbs have those things. Um, it, all suburbs have have got you know different features. So yes. Some yeah. are better than others. Okay. And that's what you're looking for? Um, I'm looking at – it depends. It's one on the price point and then on um, yeah, if I'm buying to uh, for capital growth, I will look at areas 
uh, that have got the fundamentals, compare them to adjoining areas that are, and then check prices out. And then slowly you can work out, this one's 20% cheaper than this area. Um, I think it's got a fair bit of growth in it because this area is more expensive, therefore it's more affordable. And over a period of time, I expect it to reach up accordingly because mm-hmm. it has the same, the same fundamentals in place. Okay. So really you're looking like, you know, you could do like a, I guess a, a profile on some of these more well-known suburbs, look at, you know, what makes them, what are the characteristics that actually make them successful or, yeah. you know. And then li- compare livable. that price point into, into other areas such as well. Yeah. yeah. And then that, that allows you to try find a deal. That's it. And um, as we, we've touched on recently, you know, the, the best guys that are buying property that I've seen, you know, they'll look at 100 properties, buy one. Always looking, always looking. Mm. These are the fundamentals that I want to buy. To me, this is what the price is. I'll give you an offer of X. Um, take it or leave it. And this is where the ego comes in, right? Like me, yeah. and, like I mean, me and Liv are looking at, at doing this as well. And um, I mean, for those of you who don't know, this is our second attempt at doing this. We had some technical difficulties uh, in the first one, but after listening to what you said, went home, spoke to Liv, you know, let's, let's, um, let's start branching out um, other than the, the suburb we were looking at. Um, and it, it definitely makes sense because it opens your horizons and you start to look at suburbs and go, okay, well, you know, why is this suburb over here? you know, 20 to 30% less than, than this suburb over here. Um, and your ego comes into it, right? Because you want one now, you know, you always want something now. Um, and you know, you have a, a, a previous perception on certain suburbs, you know, so, um, and I think that's the hardest thing to, uh, to overcome, right? Like there might be suburbs now that, um, you know, I know live there's suburbs I mentioned, she's like, no, 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 I'm not going to live there. You know what I mean? But it could be the right deal. Um, and so it, it's interesting. Like, I mean, these are the kind of cognitive biases that, that you, you can have when you're going to search or, or look for a good deal. Um, if you want a good deal, you've got to take the ego hat and the emotional hat off and put it to one side and then just look at it in just profit and loss and go, okay, this is what, I, this is what I'll pay. Um, and th- that's, that's capping it. And then... You, you either get it, fantastic. You don't, you move on and start looking for the next one. So that's if, you, if you're solely buying for capital gain and as in a long, you know, a bit and of investment. And that's what the best do, right? So if we're talking somebody who's wealthy. We're talking somebody who's got a massive portfolio, who's built it up from nothing. You know, they started at one just like everybody else um, and they've kind of worked their way up. That's what they do. They, they look at deals. That's it. That's it. Awesome. All right, so we're going to go into a very uh, a brand new segment that we've got on the podcast. So you're testing it out from the first uh, for, for first off, um, and basically what we're doing in this segment is um, we're going to ask you some questions, um, and you've got basically it's just one minute, right? So one minute, um, and to, to either give some advice on it or tell us what you think about it, um, and and then from there. Um, you know, we, we, we just start working through these questions. And the whole idea is we just want it to be really simple um, and, and kind of some, some simple advice um, that's straight to the point for, for the listeners at home. Sounds good. Is it about Bitcoin? It's not about Bitcoin. Okay. <laughs> I was actually going to put one in. I was actually <laughs> thinking about it. All right. So, number one, one piece of advice that you would give yourself five years ago. One piece of advice I'd give myself five years ago, um, I, I reckon it would be cash flow because setting up a cash flow and then be able, creating goals from it. 
um, I think since I've been implementing that myself, which would be five or so years ago now, um, it's just enabled me to plan for the future a little bit more and work out what's realistic, what's um, unachievable, what do I need to do to get my, my goals? And I think that combined with goal setting, you know, it, as it sort of makes you more accountable. That's, that's definitely something very important, I believe, which they don't teach you at school. Yeah, I often think, you know, and it's probably not a great mindset, but it's like, you know, what would have, what, like, where would I be now if I knew what I knew now at the age of 18, you know, or at 19 or 20? And if I had those, if I had the cash flow um, coming in and I knew how to invest and get my money to compound, you know, like, where would I be? It's definitely something that goes through my head as well. So that's something I would agree with. Well, yeah, everyone's the managing director of their own business. You know, whether they work for somebody else, they've still got their things that they need to adhere to outside of, you know, in their lifestyle. So, I think it's very important. Yeah. Next question. Biggest mistake first home buyers make? Um, ego, number one. Without a doubt, ego and emotions is the biggest mistake people make. And I've seen people make really good purchases on sheer luck. And I've seen many people lose a significant amount of money by not doing... Um, you know, assessing things properly and, and letting their ego and emotions do the talking. 100%. All right. So, this is an interesting one. How much is too much debt? Um, good question. I'm, I've got a bit of debt at the moment, but um, I factor in low b- borrowing costs, interest costs, etc. at the moment, and, and I'm taking a... Um, a risk or a uh, bullish approach on on certain areas that I'm investing in. Um, It comes back to each person and their personal circumstances. So um, understanding, you know, what impacts their lifestyle. And as I said in the first point, if you have a cash flow, you will be able to make um, rational decisions that um, factor in every circumstance that you've got. So um, it's on a case-by-case basis. So Awesome. I'm taking on a bit. But um, <laughs> but it's all it's all considered and factored in. Yeah, I mean it's it's. Uh, I, th- I reckon that's one thing you learn as well. Like I think like um, it's something that you learn as time goes by. Um, it's uh, debt can be seen in two different lights. You know, um, when you're younger um, and you don't know too much about it or how to leverage it, debt can be one of those things. You're like uh, like it's it can be you can be see, see it in such a negative light. And then debt can also be seen as, as the, the quickest and, and fastest way to, to, to build wealth. Um, and that's how many do it. You know, they, they, they leverage their money um, knowing, and again, you know, being able to make those correct decisions, you know, because if you don't, you can, it can burn you. That's, that's definitely something that I reckon a shift in perception as you get, I mean, for me, it's when, as I get a little bit older. You know, I, I went through bad debt when I was younger. You know, mm. I crashed the car at the age of 18. was about 40 grand in debt <laughs> um, and had, cool. to, had to pay that back. Um, and, and, you know, it took me quite a few years. So, for me, debt was one of those things that I avoided at all costs. And then, you, you know, you start to get older and you start to look at the ways that you can build wealth and that definitely changes. I understand. I agree. <laughs> all right. So... Uh, lastly, we'll get you to give your business a bit of a plug. Um, so, um, Jones RE, tell everyone yeah. where they can find you, wh- where they should should look for you if they want to learn a little bit more. Uh, definitely, Jones Real Estate. We're on uh, all social media. We've got a website, www.jonesre.com.au, Instagram, Jones Real Estate Australia, I think it is. We have a Twitter account 
Um, we're not on TikTok, but uh, we're we, you know we're evolving. We'll be on there shortly. Hopefully, we are. Yeah. Well, is that is that big? It's twenty real- twenty one, Cole. <laughs> Is that big in the real estate well, game? Well, Elon Musk's on Twitter, uh, so I think you know we're, we're emulating him. So. I reckon. I reckon if you would, if you should go out like Elon, you should go rogue on your company and just start <laughs> tweeting erratic, irrational tweets. Mm, could be an option. <laughs> we'll uh, we'll assess it afterwards. But uh, but yes, um, and then otherwise on email, paul.jones at jonesarita.com.au. Happy to field any questions that come through and, and give you my advice. Uh, and uh, we've got a very good team. We've got um, Tim, Sam, Luke, Lauren, Charlotte, Jack. You know, we've got a very good team of, of property professionals and specialists that uh, will go out of their way to, uh, to give the right advice. So, yeah, feel free to hit us up. Awesome. Well, I appreciate you coming on. Thanks Thank for you. giving us uh, or sharing your experience and your knowledge with everybody. Um, you know, uh, buying your first home um, is something that uh, can be quite overwhelming at, at times, you know, uh, especially if you don't know what you're doing. Like uh, a year ago for me, it was like, I, as you said, you don't know if you don't have the knowledge there. Um, it's hard to make those correct decisions as you, you talked about. Um, but yeah, big thanks for coming on. Um, and to everyone who uh, tuned in, uh, we really hope you enjoyed the episode. Remember to hit the subscribe button. Um, if you want to uh, hear more episodes around investing, building uh, wealth, um, uh, you know, building a business and, and more so building character as as well um thanks for tuning in we'll see you next week thanks carl